Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. I forgot how to say the name of the Boneleaded Weekly. I miss cream of wheat. I do too. Let me tell you, it is my honor. It is my privilege to absolutely make fun of the next hour of Keith Tatnus McCleary. Welcome, Tatnus. We're so glad you could be here. Now, when I say make fun, the reason I can do that is because we are separated by 15, 1800 miles, and I'm a pussy, and I know you could kick my ass. I just don't want that to happen. And haha, you need a passport to do it. Ha ha, I'm on the do not fly list. <laughs> Teach them to, for me to show my junk. Uh, damn, I don't even know where to begin with all that, but I appreciate you. I, this has only been, uh, what, damn near four years now uh, that we've been playing on this. At least, at least. I'll tell you what's funny, and if you don't mind, I'll give them a little bit of history. We, the reason, so some people might ask, why are you friends with a former MMA and then actor and podcast host and series host and about, and we'll get to your hot sauces in a second, by the way, I've did my research and we're doing all hey, just saying, just saying, looked into this a little bit. I don't want you thinking that I didn't wasn't prepared. And, and people are going to ask, why the hell, how did this happen? And Chad backed me up. It's the same reason why we do a segment for Australia every week. Yeah. God bless the internets. But for this one, we have to thank Mick Strawn, the world's... What's the most insulting thing we could say about Mick Strawn? Oh, man, there's so many. Yeah. God, let me get out the book. Hold on. All right, hey, Tatnus, <laughs> how did you meet Mick? Um, Damnedest thing. Uh, That's I, how we met him, too, by the way. It's the right? damnedest thing. That's yeah. usually how any Mick Strawn story begins. It's the damnedest thing uh most people just leave it at that but uh i'll go into detail i'm I, curious I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid um <laughs> um man i grew up loving anything nightmare on elm street related yeah and uh just came up one day man on social media as people you may know and i'm like get out of here and so i hit him up and i'm like you know, for the longest time with my show, I wasn't doing guests. I wasn't having guests because I thought people would have a certain view of it of like, oh, you're just showing who you know and all that nonsense. And eventually I was like, screw it, man. People would like to hear from fascinating people. So, you know, uh, if the people that have a problem with that or want to view it as clout or whatever, let them. Who gives a shit, right? Tell them to uh, suck the snotty end of right so you know so I, I hit mick up and i'm like hey man uh you want to you know i'm doing this show looking for a guest and obviously with your line of work i'm a huge fan of everything you've done uh any chance you want to get on the show and he was like sure <laughs> and then out of nowhere out of the clear blue he cold calls me and he's like, hey, I know you. And I was like, dude, we've never met. I would remember that. And he was like, no, I mean, I know who you are. I know your work. And yeah, I'd love to do the show. And then he goes on and tells me this huge story about how he traumatized us Canadian kids back in the day in the 80s with his uh, commercial for the war amps that we got out here, teaching kids to stay safe while playing on uh around train tracks and such i'm like you're responsible for that creepy ass robot 
you did this to me. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got to say that in America. And Mick yeah, dude, I'll send it to you. It's Canadian. And you know what he said to me? And this is true to Mick Strawn's form. He's like, hell, I got to be honest with you. If I knew back then I was going to traumatize so many Canadian kids, I would have had way more fun on set when I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, that is Mick. That is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that he... is uh, Stephen Norrington's number one fan. Oh, he'll get mad about that. I know. Katniss, I don't know if you know the story, but one of his uh, his you asked for me to come up with something really mean to say about Mick, and I did it. Yeah, but I thought you'd be like joking mean. I didn't realize you'd go for the jugular of talking about how there's a how long have we known each other, you jacket? Yeah, but but Mick's been good to us. (laughs) Me, I get that you cut me in the stabbed me in the back, but him, (sighs) yeah. But there is a director, Stephen Norrington. They worked on Blade together, and it's he may very he may very well be Mick Strawn's nemesis. So I've always wanted to interview Stephen Norrington and then have Stephen go, Mick who? And then piss off Mick and Mick. go back and forth. Because <laughs> Sam Raimi remembered Mick. I mean, all these other people we've talked to, these directors like, oh my God, Mick, Jeff Burr, Mick. And it's just be funny if his, his nemesis doesn't even realize. But anyway, we're, we're talking too much about Mick. I'm curious. I'm almost, I'm almost offended now because he, he calls me his Canadian nemesis. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> well Stephen norrington i think is british so there you go totally different now i gotta ask we are not that popular you're famous and we're mediocre at best now that being said every once in a while we'll hear hey bonehead okay it doesn't bother me. It almost always puts a smile on my face unless my six-year-old does it, and he does it quite often because he thinks it's funny. Bonehead. Do you ever go, you call me Tatnus one more time? Or do you actually like being called that? Oh, my God. Um, you know, it, it's really funny. I guess maybe the the luck of the MMA background, I get a lot of people that will stare and kind of give me that look like I think that's who I think it is. Yeah. I have pretty distinctive ink so people can tell. You look at my forearm, you see my son's, my deceased child's name, you know it's me, right? Right. But they don't really tend to come up and say a whole lot of anything just because. And it's funny, man, because I'm like, I'd like to think I'm somewhat approachable. I don't think I'm all that you know, t- scary or, or terrifying. Like, I'm not going to bite someone's head off. I've had, uh, I've gone to a store we got out here, Bulk Barn, to get like almonds when I'm bulking for, for you know, weightlifting and whatnot. And uh, some dude starts filming me out of nowhere. And my oblivious ass, the first thing I thought was, does, does this guy think I'm stealing shit? And then, I, <laughs> and then it clicks like, oh, he knows who you are, dumbass. And I'm like, oh, damn. And then I felt bad because I'm like, dude, if you just came up and talked to me. We could have had a conversation. You could have got pictures. We could have done a video together, whatever. Um, you know, you don't have to be afraid to come and say what's up. Uh, but, you know, even my better half, she was kind of like, we went out for dinner one night and she was like, dude, that waitress is staring at you hard. Like she knows, but she's not sure. Yeah. And I looked over and I'm like, oh yeah, that's weird. And it just weirds me out. But uh, uh, no, I don't really get a lot of people approaching me like that. It's just kind of from a distance. <laughs> I've had a guy actually come up to the uh, gym when I was lifting and literally go around one side to look at my forearm to see if my son's name is there. And when he saw it, he's like, oh, 
And then, you know, but otherwise I've had people come up, ask me to sign things, but they've been super respectful. Um, And honestly, I think when they refer to me as such, it's because they feel like I don't know you personally. So to use your actual name would feel like disrespectful. Like, I don't know you like that. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, so I think it's a respect thing, honestly. So it doesn't really bother me. That makes sense to me. What do you like being called by your friends other than, hey, you fuckstick? Um, usually anything derogatory is ideal. Makes me feel right at home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We, we honestly. Well, that's why I got this. That's why I got my uh pullover uh zipped all the way up. So if I do say something derogatory, knowing your background, I just immediately do this. <laughs> oh dude, I, 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 he looks I, like a circumcised <laughs> cock. I go I go I, I go respond yeah. to it you like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you have a fascinating life, and I know you get asked these questions all the time, but I feel like a lot of our listeners, just simply because we don't have a lot of people who come from your background on our show, we have a lot of like people like Mick and directors and production designers and writers, and act, we have a few actors, and but mainly artists and things like that. Not that you're not an artist, but those types of things. I, I'm For our audience out there, you have one of those got the shit kicked out of me. Dickens wrote this rose out of nothing into something still with tragedy with the most. And we're not going to talk about it because it's one of the more unthinkable things. And I, I don't think Chad or I never want to, I know Chad or I would never want to, we don't even want to put it in our head and how you have survived all of this. I, I, it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating, and I have a deep admiration and appreciation for you for it, because I don't know that I could, especially the loss of your son. Damn. I appreciate the hell out of that, man. That's heavy. <laughs> well, I didn't mean for it to be heavy. No, I mean, in a good way. Like, Yeah, I, I just... Uh, yeah, he's. You don't realize... He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he is. <laughs> There we go. You want to go with that? He is. I've brought it back down. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's you know. And I I probably just woke up my kids upstairs by yelling that really. (laughs) But being able to rise above that, I I don't know. I feel like yes, I could maybe do this because we all have tragedy. This, this, and this. But being able to take another step and then doing another breathing and just the next day and the next day and waking up, I don't know that I could. So I admire you for it. I don't know that I'm really going for a question there as much as I, I can you tell the audience a little bit about your backstory about before you got into MMA? Yeah, bro. First of all, I appreciate the hell out of that. That, that actually means a lot. Um, I, I, so- I never word of it. I don't know how you did it. Oh man, um, honestly, I could. Uh, something I learned from Corey Taylor was you got to live for two now. I got to uh, tell you a story about Corey Taylor later. Yeah, dude, uh, I'd love to hear it. I'm gonna bust his we've, balls. We've only been next to each other five feet apart. We never actually got, but I will tell you a story about this later. Go. That's amazing. Um, yeah, Corey taught me that like you got to live for two now, and um, he learned that that was something he was told by uh vinnie paul who lost his brother um you know and it just resonated with me man it was something that uh you know i had a life of 
I, I left home at 15, left an abusive situation. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I didn't know my mom. My old man was abusive and whatever. Always told me I wouldn't be nothing. Um, left home at 15, middle of winter, had nowhere to live. Uh, just kind of worked until I had enough money to get a place. Uh, the bizarre thing was a bunch of years later, there was like a an elementary school, like a, a grade school um that I used to go they had these inset doors that I would go hang out within that little area to get out of the cold wind and then a bunch of years later I'd be standing in the gym of that school as a motivational speaker telling these kids like you know no matter what life throws at you you can do whatever man um that was wild uh got into MMA and uh you know did that until my son's diagnosis and everything like that really motivated me uh unbeaten you know fought a bunch for almost two years and then when his diagnosis got real bad like the condition only got worse it it was uh terminal there was no fixing that but they gave him two weeks to live man he gave us two years and nine days so uh he really motivated me inspired me and I was just like man whatever it takes like I gotta make him proud one way or another I gotta just go for everything um never tell yourself you can't do something because they you know at his age and being so fragile it seems as babies they gave him two weeks man and he shoved their textbooks you know uh, right up their ass and, and did his own thing and I'm like yo if he could do that I ain't got no excuse. I can do, you know, whatever I, I apply myself to. I got to really go for it and make him proud and and just appreciate everything that he will never get to do. And, uh, you know, that was just kind of an obsession at that point that mm-hmm. instead of sitting around feeling sorry for myself, I had to go do something, right? Yeah. Um, and then the snowball effect, you start, your name gets out more and more. You start getting acknowledged for this, that, the third and then opportunities come knocking and it just blew up i when when his decline really hit i stepped out of the fight game i started my show met a bunch of people through doing that and then one day it was just kind of like hey i'll do our show and i'm like cool you've been on mine yeah and so these two cats were like okay you're 6'5 265 on muscle and you got this energy about you you got this personality trait why are you not doing movies man yeah I'm like nobody asked <laughs> like so they're just like hold up and this is a live show you can't take anything back mm-hmm. they're like so if you got the opportunity you would do it you'd be interested and i'm like hell yeah and then they were just like well we're producers so we'll talk off air and it just was like holy shit <laughs> so mm-hmm. it just kind of took off like that man i have no words yeah i, I it's it's curious so how do you why do you think you were attracted to MMA? Because it's the same question I've asked. We've had a couple of stunt people on here who were stunt people in Hollywood, and some of them are kind of legends. And I always ask that that question that that most normal people don't understand. And what it is is when you go to fall and you don't stop yourself, that is against every normal behavior of any human being. Self preservation, right? Yeah, I feel like mixed martial arts and stunts goes against every single self-preservation of being able to, oh, I'm going to do this pratfall 
and it's going to look great. And I'm not going to get hurt, but I also, I'm not going to put my arms down. You, 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 you're missing something. Uh, I got to stop Joe. Um, I also fall and don't catch myself, but that's because I've accepted fate. Yes. Also, he, it's the, it's, he's a walking circumcised penis. But that being said, I know the YouTube people couldn't see my, 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 you know, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So that being said, does that make sense to you? The question I'm asking, what's broken in you? Oh, absolutely. And, because and, you couldn't drag these two assholes into that. We're we're not that's not even in our our vision. I'm a crier, a pisser, a shitter, and uh, every other bodily fluid you could cut think of. I don't even know that I'm that, but we're gonna have a good time and I'm going to joke with you. And by the at 30 minutes later, everybody's gonna be, why were we mad at the fat guy? <laughs> I get it. And honestly, being I'm not as big. Oh, and I suck my dude, thumb. Most people never mess with me anyway. And I suck my thumb while doing all three. Yeah. So between betwixt the two of us. <laughs> so what's broken in you that would lead you to the MMA? I know you get a lot of questions about this, but that that's kind of my take on the question, if it makes sense. Yeah, to you. I love it. I, I love it because it's so accurate and I have an answer for it that might make sense yes. to you. Because some uh, of the stuff people have not been able to answer. Yeah, dude, I totally can answer that. And I think people understand. So for me, it was like, my old man, nothing I ever did to this day. He will never, like, we haven't spoken since I was 15. I'm going to be 41 in January. Uh, to this day, like, you can Google my name, and his heroes have been on my show. Our friends of mine praise me. He, he'll go to his grave without ever saying that, you know, I was wrong. You fucking did something, whatever. Um, Being, you know, someone that was temperamental. And now when a grown man hits you like you're a grown man, when you're just a child, eventually you just don't feel it anymore. So I thought, you know, I, I went into college for business accounting. That was boring as hell. I know how to do it, but it sucked. Mm -hmm. I applied for the military. And then because it's Canada, there was a three-year wait list. Yeah. So I was like, well, I got to do something in the meantime. My son who passed, his mom and I were together at the time. And I said to her, how would you feel if I just got into MMA, man? Because I've been training my ass off for physical work and, and the whole thing. And it's just something in me that, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that my old man was like hardcore into like boxers and everything like George Chavalo, who was the only one that Muhammad Ali could not knock off his feet right. in two fights. Like that was his, his hero. I met him multiple times. Dude's awesome. And, uh, you know, so I was just like, I'm going to shove this down his throat. And um, so, you know, I, I walked into a, a, an MMA gym one day that was owned and operated by a former pro WWE wrestler that went by the name Santino Morella. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the rest was history. And uh, I just thought, you know what, if as a child, I stopped feeling anything when a grown man hits me like I'm a grown man. Yeah. What's a grown man going to do to me now when I'm 265 and yeah. grown? Yeah, it just made sense to me. But uh, I'm not a violent person, which is kind of the funny thing. For me, it's a sport. It's about strategy. It's like, I don't like hurting people. That I understand. 
yeah, we know what we're signing up for. And, uh, you know, you kind of get over it once someone gives you a good shot in the face. You're like, all right, now I don't mind hitting you. <laughs> I was just thinking that's true in MMA and porn. <laughs> almost made him spit. Do you see that, Chad? Almost made him spew. Almost did a spit break. <laughs> that was yeah, good. That I can totally understand that. I can totally understand by it's a point. Uh, I was joking. But by it being a sport and being able to separate that, not wanting to hurt people, because it's true for a lot of, because of our side gig and side gigs and me doing a lot of the conventions that I, I know we follow each other on social media where I, I moderate and I interview all these people. One of the things I've found over the years is a lot of these horror directors, you would think, oh my, no, no. The, the, it's amazing to me, the ones who are not even mean, they're vegetarians or vegans on top of that. It's, is this the goriest chopped up meat movie you've ever? It's like, oh, oh God, no, I couldn't, couldn't realize. You, know, you could just see it all over their face. Right. They wouldn't even eat meat, much less anything else or to hurt a fly. Yeah, it's really weird how the horror community are some of the like kindest people, honestly. Yes, I agree. They can be. They can also yeah. be a little uh, a little taxing and weirded sometimes, but we're not going to go into that. So you're doing MMA. You you start to act now. Can you talk a little bit about the podcast? Yeah, man. Um, so there was a time. It's a blur for me, honestly, because mm -hmm. there was a time that literally my entire summer uh, I believe 2021 was four guests a day, an hour minimum each show. Wow. And I would have like Scott Page from Pink Floyd, Super Tramp and Toto, uh, Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction and Nine Inch Nails, yeah. Leland Sklar from, you know, Phil Collins, bass player, and uh, Jan Birch from People Under the Stairs all in a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and then somebody uh, actually had me on their show recently and they're like, bro, you had Kenny Aronoff on your show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? He's you like, forget, dude, he's don't my you. favorite forget. drummer. And I'm like, dude, he's a dear friend of mine. And I need to like text him now and apologize that I even forgot that he was on my show because it was just such a blur that year nonstop. Um, I don't remember a lot of it. You know, I got to go back and look at my own IMDb like an idiot. So when I do people's shows now, I they're like, oh, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, bro, honestly, I'm like, not to sound like a dick. I don't want to sound like an insufferable prick or an egotist or anything. I, I'm literally telling you for your own benefit, if you Google search my name, you'll probably find more things about me than I even remember <laughs> because that year especially was so hectic. It's cool though that you've met. I, I and that's another thing I completely and Chad. I don't know if you feel this way or not, but do you ever go? Oh shit, we did talk to them. Uh, <clears throat> honestly, uh, there's been a couple of special effects guys that I've forgotten that I talked about. Uh, you know, for example, I was like one of my main obsessions. If I don't know if you can see Tadness, but it is the fact that Super Mario Brothers is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Truly love, love it. it, and. Um, it's been a lifelong, I've always wanted to talk to somebody who worked on the film and I still look through IMDB going, who can I get? Who can we get? And then I realized, oh, wait, we've already talked to a puppeteer who did the, the Goombas. Who? Oh, that's wild. James booked him. I've 
Oh, shit, Joe, I forgot his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> I tell but, you, during um, COVID, but, you're right. Yeah, I mean, and we got him, and the sad part was he had no stories. <laughs> He's like, he goes, man, because, you know, that was a notoriously, I don't know if you know anything about it, it was a notoriously bad movie set where just yeah. all kinds of... And I was like, oh, he's going to tell us something crazy. He goes, man, I honestly, nothing happened. I'm like, what? And then what I, 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 I ripped up. I'm like, well, there goes everything I had. <laughs> oh, those are the worst shows, right? Yeah. And then, but then I'm like, and then I always forget, but I think it's because of that. I, I forget him. Um, but I don't have a hard time forgetting certain people because it's, because we've usually talked to blue collar people and I always like the one, the stories that we don't normally hear. Like, uh, let's just say, uh, Peter Weller and, uh, uh, a P wagon. No, not P wagon. What was he called? Uh, he was, uh, he was after, I think the word was Poontang. Was it? Yes, there was actual, and it I watched it was something Robo Doc, and the guy and the existed that what he was talking about was on that and talking about all the women that they would hook up with Peter Weller that he would like they would bring him over to him in the RoboCop outfit. It was Poontang Patrol or something. I can't it's see. I've already there. I, that's spotter. what I. It's something something the Poontang Spotter. Is that's that what I. I love that Keith, Keith. You're just laughing. You're just like ah. So Sorry, see, yeah, you can see. You this can is, see. I don't. I don't us. forget guests. I forget the stories, and then I get them jumbled up. So right. So I was actually he that guy that did that is on that documentary. I was telling you you should watch it all. Yeah. But and 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 P, they cut to Peter Weller talking about well yeah I was it was I was young and single he didn't deny it yeah. which I loved they were like yeah no I yeah I was having a good time anyway so I get this question a lot and it is a hack question but I understand why people ask it I don't get it from other interviewers but I get it a lot from people at scarefest and comic cons and things like that coming up to me going. Who's your favorite person you've ever interviewed? Oh my god, yeah, that's the worst question, isn't it? No, especially when you talked to you were talking to four <laughs> people a day. Yeah, dude, it, it's so hard to answer that because there's so many fascinating people. Give me two and, or three. Oh, I mean, Mick obviously has to be a given because wrong. Nobody, nobody busts my chops like he does. Um. But I mean, dude, I had Howard Bloom on my show, who was the the PR guy for everybody from Prince to Madonna to uh -huh. like you name them. And this dude had stories for hours to the point where I'm not even sure if I should list him as one of my favorites because full disclosure, I was drinking a lot of beer that show. <laughs> this was like a two hour show, two and a half hours. Half last hour and a half i had to piss so bad i could taste it and this dude did not stop talking and i was like he's brilliant he's fascinating but how much can i listen to about melon camp like i gotta piss so bad and i and i'm glad you went that way because i thought you were going to tell me that you got so drunk but i at the same before you were telling the story i was like i could just imagine you jumping up and down in the seat oh i just hit my knee jumping up and down in the seat going oh my god i thought i was no selling it so well <laughs> and then i was like you know by two and a half hours like okay we'll wrap this up because so that way you can use the men's and i'm like 
how did he know dude but i think he was probably just like there's no way you sat that long drinking you know a few drinks and, and don't have to take a leak um but you know it was really fascinating because i was telling him in 99 2000 especially i bought circus magazine i'm a huge metal fan so i bought circus magazine and hit parader like religiously uh you know in high school and whatnot and um he was like i worked for both i was the editor for both <laughs> i was like come on dude this dude was a, a pr guy for like every musician imaginable worked for both of those companies and on top of that he's like a physicist and wrote a book about physics and shit i'm like dude like the dichotomy there is ridiculous for starters it's insane um but uh favorites man aronoff was great um i i loved aronoff he was fantastic uh holy hell scott page was great um kenny olsen kid rocks guitarist like immediate brothers man the second one like he even said on the show he was like dude you know your birthday's in january you got kids do the family thing make the kids happy for christmas then come january break out go to the islands for your birthday somewhere warm i'll come out and party man and you know i was like dude so he's got to be one of them um hell i've had dig fairs from rob zombies halloween he was great yeah uh shit he is he actually he um he was partying with a friend of mine on social media and we've met before too and i've interviewed him he is very nice but uh yeah, he's partying with a, a lady friend of mine the other day. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'll say about it. Yeah. Do yeah, I need he's... to say any more to you? I didn't think so. Okay. Well, now I want to know which one, but I guess I will talk about that after. Well, you, I don't know. You don't. Uh, she's. You, I probably don't know. Spearfish. Yeah, she's from Alabama. I don't know how they uh, met, but it. Uh, anyway, but did she come world. with a banjo on her knee? It's a, no, she does not need any instruments. Anyway, moving right along. So I get that question a lot, and I always think, hold on, we have the same story. We were interviewing a famous writer, science fiction writer. Dude, how long did Peter David go? We all had to use uh, three hours. Yeah. Three hours. And it got to the point, like... And we cut it off. Yeah, one of the funniest stories is we kept going, and then, or you know, we're getting, like... I can't hide it. Like I was up like, you can only see this on YouTube. If I have to go, I I have a swivel chair and I will start doing this. (laughs) I did too. Um, And so he was going and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. And I'm still, I'm, I'm doing this. And he, then suddenly he sees Joe's Disney hat and he wants to talk about Joe. I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. It's just but, true, but I. But the best part of that interview is when he put Joe in his in his uh in his boots about why alien sucks. He didn't put in my boots. I don't. I no lost my because I was no one talking about. Says eating. that. Put me in my boots. Uh, let's rerun. <laughs> fucking asshole. Put me in my fucking boots, Diddy. I've got to use that tomorrow. I will work that into my lexicon. Please do. Put me in my boots. Oh, I God. Keep Miss McClary put me in my boots. <laughs> oh, so, oh. but back to what you were saying. <laughs> I'm uh, Jewish. Anyway, back to what you were saying. Who is your, so I have several, but who is your great white whale? Who's the one you haven't gotten yet and you tried and you've kept working? 
Oh my god. Oh damn, that's a tough one. I uh, have I it's it's to me I get that a lot. Well, I don't get that one as much. I always get what's your favorite, and I I actually got an answer for that. I I don't use the podcast. I use it for the. I was like, I always go, well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but this is the best one I did. And I don't know if it truly is, but it's an answer and it makes everybody be quiet. Romero? Yeah, it's Romero. Yeah. I, I'll, in my head, I always tell George, I always say George Romero is the best one I ever did. Yeah, I know his son too. That's wild. Um, yeah. No, George C. Yeah. Yeah. We live I with remember. like, we live like an hour from him. We live 30 minutes from him. 30 minutes. Wow, dude. Um, he runs, a, he has a restaurant in uh, Mount Sterling, Kentucky. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, shit. This question, though. Good Lord. This question is tough because, like, I, holy hell. Uh, who haven't I gotten that I really want to get? That I and this is going to be good because you might be like, oh, I already got him. <laughs> right. And I know so many people. There are people I know that are like, you know, massive names that they, they just they don't have time. So I don't bother them because I, like I don't want to play that friend card shit. I hate that um, because I know I hate good people. They'd be like, oh, I'll do it because you're my friend. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's cool. Uh, oh, I will make them do it every fucking time. You know, <laughs> honestly, to answer that question fairly and super honestly, I think for me, the only thing that comes to mind are the people that are no longer with us I, that I would have loved. So when I had Jan Birch on the show, the first, like one of the, one of the biggest things he said to me was the year I was breaking into MMA and really getting a name for myself was the year Wes Craven passed. And yeah. he said to me, dude, Wes would have loved you and he would have loved to work with you. He would want to work with you. And that was so bittersweet to me oh. because it could never happen now, but it would have been so awesome to have him on. Um, and um, John Saxon, man, like that would have been dope too. But, you know, so living that I haven't gotten yet that I would love Malcolm McDowell. We'll go with that. So we met Malcolm. We've not interviewed him, but we met him a few years ago. And he was, so very, he was very nice to James and totally blew over me. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. I'm a massive Malcolm McDowell guy, man. So that one would be super cool. Yeah, and a few years later, I was about to do his panel, and his something illness or his illness in the family, and he had to leave that day before the panel, and we I didn't get to do it. So that sucks, dude. That's okay. If I had a quarter for every time I have one of those stories. Oh no doubt. Yeah, it happens a lot more than people. But who's who? I love these questions. Who's the most batshit? <laughs> out of everybody i've had on the show um oh damn i'm not making any friends with this answer but uh, you don't have to answer if you don't want to but i, no, I, I definitely will answer but i'm that guy like yeah. i'm gonna piss people off uh absolute most bad shit oh my god uh Fuck, I know there's somebody. Um, oh my god! Like I feel like to be on my show, everybody has to to some degree be completely 
Oh, I know, but we have had a couple that it it, it was pulling teeth. Yeah. Eh? Um. Okay. Well, I don't know if anyone is like mentally unstable, but that's okay. I, would say, I will say, what blew my mind was these British cats. Um, when going through my list of guests, the one that blew their mind was like, "Oh my God, you had Joseph Kelly on." who did training day and, and whatever mm-hmm. um, star is born on all that great shit. And I'm like, you know, normally I would understand maybe the excitement about that. Mm-hmm. That was definitely my worst show in my opinion. Not like he wasn't a dick or anything. It was just like, dude, we just got off set filming a movie mm-hmm. and jet lagged and in his motel room and just wants to sleep like you can just tell he doesn't want to fucking do this show right now yeah you know he, he just wants to sleep and i don't blame him but it was not like it was not the same vibe as every other big name this dude didn't want to be there it made me not kind of really want to be there <laughs> it, does. it does make yeah. you not want to be there yeah dude so i was like you know what man i'm gonna respect your time i get the feeling you're going through like i've been doing four shows a day every day um uh if this makes up for a lackluster answer i spent like a year having a feud with pink's drummer <laughs> so, uh there's that we're cool now everybody calm down but but there was a time yeah pretty public uh beef there that uh Why? turns out to be a misunderstanding so he was a super dick to my personal assistant and i felt like he was just mistreating her because she's a personal assistant and so i kind of went in on him a little bit this dude was Cher's drummer for like super long and then pink's drummer and Is i'm this just mark like, shulman yes okay yeah mark honestly shout out to mark love the guy now we're cool <laughs> um but at the time yeah not so much uh but then he kind of hit me up and was like hey man i came off a certain way uh kind of going through a cancer scare and i was like dude water under the bridge none of that shit's important anymore all that matters is that you're healthy and you get through this and like i'm pushing for you man and like it was just squashed like that but uh you know it just shows you don't know what people are going through right him and his wife both and i think the same year had a cancer scare and is like no wonder you came off a certain way that was not known to me at the time and everybody knows i'm a big mouth and i get you know short fuse and i <laughs> no, I, I i completely understand that because that's why people ask me about who's a big dick and who's not or about that and i always say well truthfully celebrities are like anyone else 90 percent yeah. of them are absolutely fine 10 15 percent are assholes so it's just like walking down the street now i've had people who are celebrities or who work with celebrities argue that point that my number is way too high of the nice ones but i always do give them a little as you hate the word but give them a little grace because the amount of attention that people want from these folks is exhausting and not all of them are extroverts like this guy in fact, I'm always shocked that a lot of them are fucking introverts. 
that's the weirdest thing. I literally just did a show where I talked about that. And I said, I don't know what it is about us introverts that end up with, it's like a sick joke where this is the career path we end up with. Cause I'm introverted as hell. Oh, but Chad. I know how to flip that switch. And like, um, it, it's just for me, it's not that I'm antisocial. It's not that I don't like people. I, I love people. It's just once I'm around so many energies and personalities for a certain amount of time, I need like a full day or two to just recharge my batteries in absolute solitude and just be okay again, or else I get overwhelmed. I get flustered. I get, uh, so like doing signings and shit is just super draining to me, even though everyone's cool. Everyone's super nice, supportive. I need like two days just to process. People care about you enough to want you to flick your wrist a couple times and sign something. It, It doesn't make sense to me, man. I'm not that dude, you know? it chad drains you right oh yeah uh the only thing i have is uh i i am the same way it's just uh i also have the my introvertedness also attacks me when i like being around people i like talking to them but if i get into a room like that in like i get attacked by the introvertedness i just i don't know what to say i just need to back away and gather my thoughts and go okay how do I approach this situation? And of course, in those situations, you can't do that. So then I just like automatically just shut down. <laughs> right. So <laughs> whereas I can do a show and if it's a good show, this past Scarefest was a really good show for us and we did really well and we had huge panels. I didn't sleep three hours that Saturday night, three hours that Friday night. It's like heroin. Well, I've never done heroin, but I haven't. I haven't. I've done other things. But I've never done heroin. But I'm assuming Check between that it, toes. it couldn't be it couldn't be much better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I I did a show where the host was like a pro wrestler, and he was asking me like, you know, about the name and the whole thing and where that come from. And I'm like, dude, that's an uninventable story. But it kind of leads into how things develop. Where I learned to use the name. Like you asked, yeah. people call me by my actual name or what? And and I was like, dude, I've come to realize like Katniss became this mask you just put on when I like Keith McCleary, the person cannot deal with this right now. Flip that switch, put that, you know, do your job, dude. You know what I'm saying? When, when you just are so burnt out or dealing with personal matters and you can't be on for people and be that smiley you know yeah yeah, i'll sign your shit kind of dude you you just you become like that dude that's kind of yourself up to 11 and and just do what you got to do um you know not a character i'm always myself 110 percent, but sometimes you got to jack it up a little bit you know so it's almost a comfort blanket at this point (laughs) unfortunately my switch is a uh is a 54 year old alcoholic high school janitor but i love that for you <laughs> but that now that leads me Chad's got a question i didn't mean to interrupt but it leads me to one more point since you're a music fan so to answer your question the hardest person not on this podcast but that i ever had to moderate interview for a convention was doyle wolfgang von frankenstein from the misfits no doubt. Oh my God! Don't get me started. Have you got stories about him? Not him, but I have a feud with one dude. 
he is an introvert and he doesn't know where he's going to be. He has a host of some issues and I'm not going to out him or anything here. He was never mean to me, but when you've got to fill 45 minutes on a stage, it was tough. And it's funny now, but when I'm in the thick of it, trying to get through it, <laughs> fine. Now, I rose to the occasion and we did get through it. And the only thing that helped me when he has something that we all have in common, he likes kids. And there was a kid up front and the kid was asking the most asinine questions, but he was just laser focused of I'm going to be everything for this kid. So actually, as mad as I was trying not to be, it helped me get through. Oh, he's not a terrible human being. Right. Does that makes sense. Yeah, it's a host of issues where he shouldn't be doing this shit. And I asked him about it a little bit and he finally opened up of when he puts the makeup on and the things down here. That's that person. When right. He off because he was talking about Disneyland. Somebody saw him and his kid at Disneyland. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't have it on. <laughs> so when you're telling me this, that's exactly what's going through my head. I'm right. And talk about that. The makeup's on and I'm on stage and I'm up here. It makes sense, right? In a weird way. Like a work uniform, like Chad's yeah. 54-year-old gender. He's right. Like a work uniform. I put this on yeah. and what I go do. Yeah. Because yeah, there's this and then flip the switch. I'm just got a mop and I'm going, that's damn good. I'm glad you get it because I didn't yeah. know if I was articulating that well. Um, so that's it. That's exactly yeah. Yeah. I completely understand. Well, I understand from that story. And now hearing you, it just makes sense. I, I I get it. You just, it's sometimes it's the same thing of being in leadership roles or supervising people. Yeah, I know you had a shitty day, but you're the boss. Walk around and say hi. Right. You know, you don't get to do it. You don't. I love get that you brought up misfits too, because my Please. one like view that I still stand by today is with somebody that was a part of them. Yeah. Um, AC Slade, and I don't. I don't want to throw shade on your show and like burn bridges for you. You won't burn anything. The misfits are coming on here. Okay, cool. We've uh, never invited them. I, I okay. Doyle was fine enough. We and it's a good story to tell at parties when I'm drunk because I could tell more. I'm just keeping it fairly concise and putting him actually in his best light. Right. I'm doing him a favor by that story, but keep going. So you burn yeah, all the bridges and- with the misfits. AC was going to be on my show. And uh, then things came to light. Uh, Joey Jordison passed and uh, from Slipknot and yeah. uh, Murder Dolls and, and a lot. And uh, I caught wind of, and, and I got history there with Joey. And, and so when I found out Murder Dolls were doing right by Joey and were not going to allow any further merch or anything like that. With, with Joey being the founder of the band, once that's done, like once he was gone, it's over. Yeah. Uh, AC was literally nothing more than a session musician with them when their rights for the name and the whole and the merch and the whole thing came up. And they didn't renew. He went behind them and did and started selling Murder Dolls merch with none of the money going to Joey's estate or family or anything. 
And I'm like, you know what, dude? There now I get it why every band you've ever worked with wants nothing to do with you. And uh then you go and pull a stunt like that, like screw that guy. He was not on my show, thankfully. Uh canceled that right quick. And uh I stand by that one. I, I try to, you know, kind of put an end to all my feuds with people, but that one sticks, you know. <laughs> screw that guy. Well, we had a similar and we actually won't out the person, but we got a director and I was we, uh, Joe and I were both excited about and then I should have Googled more. Yeah. I looked into the I knew the career. Chad knew the career. And then Chad messages me that day. We're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't know this either. <laughs> and uh, those allegations were strong. I think I might know who you're talking about. I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, yeah we'll I talk about it. We'll we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. I get it. Um, Any, by the way, sense. it was hard. It, and I, I will say on my part, because all I wanted to talk about was the art, the art that mm -hmm. the man had created and yep. trying to separate the art from the artist is tough. But yeah. uh, Chad said, well, this is my line in the sand. And I took an hour and I realized Chad was right. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that sound about right chad that how yeah, yeah i told him i'm like you all can do this if you want to i ha i will have no part in it i will not be mad i will not be upset but don't put my name on it and yeah i was i was done i couldn't do it i respect that <laughs> I, I i definitely respect that but it yeah. was such a bitch trying to get him on the show for yeah. it still broke my heart of all the effort that went into it but chad made the right call and i and yeah. it took me it i was not as quick to get to the right part of it as chad was so well you know the compliment as a fan as well we don't want to believe the worst it's right. hard to accept it it know? is but some of these it's not just a it's not just smoke it's like fucking flames and a forest fire yeah some of these you just kind of wish it wasn't true and it takes a while as a human to process that that's absolutely true that's accurate and i know we're um real quick Chad has a question and I want to come back to Corey Taylor. Well, <laughs> I'm actually got two questions, but, uh, and I'll, since we were talking about introvertedness, cause I did a lot of your guests are musicians. <clears throat> Correct. And sorry, <clears throat> throat. Um, I know a lot of musicians. I would, I grew up with a lot of, a lot of my friends were musicians musicians are really introverted they are they just want to learn i mean that's why they become musicians to begin with they're they're very they don't have a lot of they don't go and talk they don't hang out in crowds they just go and they practice their their instrument and they get really well at it and so then they become famous for that and then they it, it leads to not having great interviews so how have you handled that dealing with musicians so many musicians because i imagine most of them are introverts you know, it's the damnedest thing because um, I uh, I had, so I was interviewed for a magazine by Sherry Nelson, Maxim Magazine model and actress. Uh -huh. And she said to me, you had a musician, I think it was Stephen Perkins actually, where she was like, he opened up to you about some things that on my show he didn't even talk about. And we're pretty close. She's like, there's something about you, man, where you just get people talking. And I'm like, that's a huge compliment to me. Um, and, you know, maybe to her point, Kenny Olson, when he did my show, 
he had a seven hour drive ahead of him and he pulled into a church parking lot in his car. He was going to do a show. He pulled into a church parking lot, gave me two hours of his time. And I was like, dude, so grateful. I watched you shred at Woodstock 99, massive fan. Love you to death. This has been the best conversation, but like you should probably get back on the road. You got a long trip ahead of you. I'm trying to respect your time and I don't want you, you know, to kind of bury yourself. And, uh, you know, I had to cut them loose after two hours. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man, but they just talked. You know, Leland Sklar was like, man, you know, I really wish you would uh, have had me on sooner. Because my book is currently in the process of being published. And I would love to have you in it. And the hilariousness of that book was it was called Everybody Loves Leland, but he wanted every celebrity he knows to flip him off in the pictures. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was genius. I'm like, dude, I would love to be a part of that. Uh, Kenny Lee Lewis from Steve Miller Band was on the show and like he talked for hours. Um and uh, Leland was great. Scott Page from Pink Floyd was the one that told Aronoff, you need to do this dude's show. I had such a blast. And like, you know, I think Scott Page probably thought because of the age gap, we'd have nothing to talk about. And we just had the best conversation and we went on for hours. So I don't know what it is, man, but they just open up. They talk to me. And they give me more time than I could imagine. And uh, I think the only other person that gave me way more time than I ever expected was probably Johnny Brennan from, you know, Jerky Boys and Family Guy. That, yeah. uh, that blew my mind. That dude was great. I will say, I, I when you said Leland Sklar, I'm like, I knew that name, but I didn't know who he was. And I looked him up and I just said, yeah, that guy's an introvert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like Merlin, eh? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Bill <laughs> Collins bass player, man. Oh, and he worked with James Taylor, which is awesome too. Yeah, man. So then that leads me to my next question because you and you haven't been doing it on purpose. You've just been talking about the show, but you've been name dropping like crazy. So <laughs> you know, terrible for that. And no, I, and I, it's oh, no, it's not a bad thing. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. And this this is what had my question is how did you even get to know all these people? Because that's phenomenal. And, it, and then please don't take that as an insult. When you're name dropping, I'm just, my mouth is no, no. dropping going, oh my God, how did you meet all of these people? Because I am just impressed beyond all. You know, it, it's so wild. Dude. It, like exactly why I didn't want to have guests on my show. Cause I thought like it might come off that way. Right. And I'm so no, proud no, of that. Um, the the literal two cats that had me on their show that asked me why I'm not doing movies happened to be the PR guy for all those people. Yeah. So they were feeding me all these guests and we just hit it off immediately the second we started recording mm -hmm. that we became friends and, and it was just that simple. It, it was so crazy. Uh, Kenny Olson was like, dude, my PR person told me like you and i are gonna be bros immediately and sure enough they were right and here we are and and i'm like damn and then one's telling the other you need to do this and now kenny olsen scott page and stephen perkins are all in a band together as we speak yeah 
Uh-huh. So it just snowballed. And then Scott Page was like telling Aronoff, you need to do this dude's show. I had a blast. I don't think he expected that we we're going to like have anything to talk about, but we talked business, we talked shrooms, we talked, uh, <laughs> you know, everything in between. Um, dude's had a hell of a career. Uh, and, and again, you, you look at Scott, you look at Kenny Lee Lewis. I told Kenny, I was like, dude, uh, I grew up, my old man always told me I wouldn't be shit. I remember he had one of those uh, wood panel uh, cassette cases with the, the pull-out uh-huh. drawers that's all lined with velvet back in the 80s and shit and i said i always remember seeing the the best of steve miller band tape because my favorite color at that age was blue and you had that tape with the the horse with the fire mane and the whole thing and the covers blue and i just always stood out to me and here you are coming on my show saying dude it's it's amazing to finally meet you i'm like do you know who you are bro <laughs> like do you know what you've done for a living what do you mean it's awesome to finally meet me like it was just mind-blowing so you know snowball effect man uh you got kenny aronoff that played with everybody from bon jovi to smashing pumpkins avril lavigne played with aerosmith like did uh you know the the song with bon jovi for young guns which is one of my favorite movies and i'm like this dude's like giving me his number on air, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So before we, and well, I've kept you for an hour, go ahead, Chad. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, back to the name dropping thing and, you know, you, the fact that you didn't want to start doing interviews, it's great that you did because that's one thing I, I've really enjoyed doing about this show when we, especially when we started getting guests and we started getting those like maybe lesser known, like you're talking to people who were there who are in the band, but who may not be as well known. And, you know, what you're doing is you're creating a, a an archive. Yeah. So for future generations who get into movies or music mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, like for example, with the Steve Miller band they're they know Steve Miller, but you know, maybe they want to dive in and find more information. They can easily go to Tatnus and now they've got, you know, uh, Kenny Lee Lewis, or they can go look up Leland Sklar and get stories that they wouldn't get. Same with us, you know, where we interviewed storyboardist Peter Von Schale and, you know, who's going to go, who's going to know, you know, they can maybe one day find a story about where he hitchhiked with, uh, or where he did a cross country trip with Leonardo DiCaprio's dad and picked up a hitchhiker whose name I've forgotten, who's also a famous person, <laughs> you know, it's just things like that. So, yeah, no, I'm glad that you ended up doing guests because you're going to get stories that nobody else will because people in mainstream media don't seek those people out. They just want the big names. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for it too, man, because like it was such a good time. And when you lose a child, you know, I just want to be able to leave something behind for my kids. Be like, man, right. in spite of the way it started out for, you know, dad, like, he did some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I hate to, but I want to talk to you. I, I got to tell you a story. This is about you, but I want to tell you a story. No, I love it, dude. Corey Taylor was in Huntington Comic Con in August. So you guys are close. He's a huge comic fan, man. He's at Comic Con. Also there is oh my god chad my mind just went blank spongebob's real name tom kenny tom kenny tom kenny who's 
friendly enough with me because I've interviewed him a couple of times, but we don't know each other. We're just at the same things because the promoter brings him and his band. His band's awesome. So it starts to get out a little bit that Tom Kenny and his band, the high seas are going to be after the cosplay contest are going to go out and they've got a, they've got a band. They're going to be doing a concert, but it gets out that Corey Taylor, huge fan of SpongeBob supposedly. And has he told you this story? I could tell you some things, dude. Like, well, the video goes, the video went viral because he, what happens is, as I'm getting done with it, so this is the part of the show that I don't know that I need to tell everybody this about my personal life, but I'm going to. So I do everything, even if I act like I'm drinking or whatever, I do everything straight. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I'm in Huntington got a hotel room the kids nowhere near me he's two hours away i can finally let my hair down don't have to worry about anything and about 20 minutes right as the end as i'm emceeing the cosplay contest i know this concert's going to happen i know Corey's going to get on the stage later to do the spongebob theme song with tom kenny i know all this because it's been told to me i know all this is a huge crowd i pop maybe a gummy because i know it's going to kick in Right as I'm out in the crowd and I don't have to do anything and just enjoy the show. So there's a beer fest going on across. He the really likes those haribos. What'd you say? Yeah, I love I love those <laughs> gummy bears dancing here and there and everywhere, bouncing here and everywhere. Anyway, all these drunks are coming out and they're all flooding all these geeks. And somehow, some way, somebody's let it leak because that crowd's bigger than it should be that Corey Taylor is going to be there. Okay. As I'm about to walk away, remember, 30 minutes ago, I dropped something, and it's just now kicking in. The manager for this convention and several of the other conventions who works for the promoter, I'm good friends with all of them, grabs my shirt. I used to be over 300. I've lost about 70 pounds, but I'm still six foot tall. Grabs my shirt, says, you're going to have to stand at the end of the stage. We've got problems. People are going to try to rush us, and people are blah, 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 blah. You're going to have to stand here and be security. Now, what did I tell you happened 30 minutes earlier? It's kicking in. So if you go and watch that whole thing when he finally got up there and went viral, I'm over on the corner of the stage. You can watch it. I can see me pretending not to be high as a kite. This led to so many stories for me, dude. Um, oh my God, tell him. So I will you I don't know him. We met briefly because he didn't do a panel. Will you tell him? It's like, yeah, that dude who was supposed to that wasn't over there. He didn't mean anything by it. He didn't know. They had two or three of the young buxom ladies who work in the comic shop up front too, trying to make sure they're, and all these drunks just kept piling through. And we didn't, nobody got hurt. Cops had to come pull a guy out of a tree. And once again, I'm high as a cot and this guy's in a tree. So go ahead. Okay. First of all, um, that whole SpongeBob song shit is the bane of that man's existence. Is it really? Uh, Oh, it, it so is, dude. Um, he's like, bro, when I do fucking shows now, he's like, I've written over 150 songs. Yes, I love this story. And, and all these miserable pricks want to hear is this fucking SpongeBob. <laughs> that I, he's like, I did to placate my child one time, and then it became like a demand, and he'll get booed if he doesn't do it. Uh, so it really irks him, but uh, I did not purse... know that they sold it to them as that he was a big SpongeBob fan. 
Uh, it's uh, he he's a fan of the dude that originally did the song because like he's a badass, but um, but my assistant and and the agent I had for like the MMA shit, he's not really a movie agent, so yeah. like, but we're still in touch. But they could tell you some horror stories. I'm kind of a dick, so like I like to have fun. Mm-hmm. And my idea of fun is not necessarily the same as theirs. <laughs> so, like, when they drag me to malls and shit to do appearances or whatever, I would start counting down. And they're like, what does that even mean? And then, like, oh, no. They realized I pop mad gummies. And it's just a matter of time, dickheads. <laughs> Because I'm going to get unruly and have fun and you're responsible for keeping me under control. And that's hard to do when I'm stone sober. Uh, when I'm high, <laughs> good luck, bitches. Um, that's great. Like, that agent, like I'll, I'll, I would text him at like 3.30 in the morning with shit like I'm high as a kite and he just knows. And, and I text him with shit like how come there's Batman shampoo, but there's no conditioner, Gordon? And he's just like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I know I did my job right. And I'm like, dude, for eight years, you've kind of stuck by me. I think you kind of like me a little. Because <laughs> if I didn't text him at all hours for a couple of days, you'd be like, you good? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing. It's like, you haven't bothered me. That's I actually funny. got a couple nights sleep you sure you're all right i'm like yeah it's trying to be considerate but thanks dick (laughs) jab were you gonna say something no oh i'm just laughing (laughs) no i i i we need to wrap it up i've I've kept you on over an hour i just wanted to tell you the Corey taylor thing real quick had a good time seemed like a nice guy but what do you have coming up so work they can find the tatnus podcast where on all podcast platforms yeah, man, everything, including Audible and the whole damn thing. It's been on hiatus for a minute because revamping, and we're going to go live with Tadness TV and do the whole live thing and interact with the fans and whatnot. Um, but thus far, it's been the radio show. Um, but the documentary that you have agreed to be a part of, God bless you. I appreciate the for that. No, I want to. Mick sent me his clip. He sent it to me. I looked at the email and it was to me and Nick Benson. And I was like, I cannot play this at work because I got it today. And I have and I got and I came home with a kid and I cannot. I knew I could should not play it at work. So actually, when we're done here, I'm going to watch it and then reach out about being doing mine, because I actually have a story I want to tell about the boneheads were this close to doing a podcast for you. Do you remember this? Yeah, dude. And, and we then, actually did proof of concept. We actually did an episode and then we buried it because I don't know that I don't know that anybody was happy with it after because it was basically us unrated, which is just us saying fuck a lot more. I love that. That's right up my alley. Uh, I've been on my best behavior on this show because oh. I was like, I'm not sure your language parameters and I don't want to. You were good. You can say whatever you want. Um, but the documentary has been wild as hell, dude. Um, I've had like straight up people from Mexico, like in metal bands that I don't know personally that yeah. 
literally we're saying like i'm a canadian national treasure and to asking canada to protect me at all costs i'm like what so i thought you know what that's the best contrast for anything mick's gonna say because he's always busting my balls for being canadian so i was like this just works out i'm gonna send you the uh the new version of mick's video that we polished everything just to make it look a little better uh because as you know when you do phone videos you get a different size and the whole thing and so you gotta have things look right and so and then we add a little extra um but uh yeah dude the the number of people involved from like the uk us canada uh everything in between mexico it's wild to think that people actually have an opinion on me in all these places and, and feel some sort of way it's actually humbling as hell i'm so grateful um i'm so grateful that you guys for like almost four years now want me on your show i thought you'd lost interest in no like... no 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 it wasn't it was sketchy and honestly you shouldn't be grateful we should be grateful because God, I was actually, what's funny is, is I was, I was being nice to you before we push record. And then I said, this will end when we push record. Right. So as I won't I actually, the exact words were we'll get the dick sucking out of the way now is I think what I said, but I did mean when I said, I just, I, I admire your, I don't know a better word than tenacity, because like I said, a couple of those things I could get over. And then you get one or two more, and I'm like, I don't just roll me over in the grave. Uh, Lay me there, you know. I I think I, I I literally tell people all the time, and I thought I was kidding, but maybe it's true that I run on spite. <laughs> just you probably do. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> Everybody's got to find their. Everybody's got to find their thing. I like to. I like to play the game where where I think everybody thinks I'm an idiot. Not far off. <laughs> but seriously, I was like, oh, and it's it's a mindset. It's your mindset of whatever motivates you, wherever everybody motivates you, whatever it does. I, I get that. But before we go, podcast, documentary, and do you want to talk about the hot sauces? Because I was reading this article where this lady was being very nice to you. I forgot where, hold on. I actually had her name pulled up too. And she was talking about the hot sauces. Oh, Larissa Stan for medium. Oh yeah, 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 man. Um, So yeah, I, this year, 2024, um, I'll be launching my own line of hot sauces that uh, the goal was to give flavors that, you know you don't get those options so i've got a smoked cherry and whiskey uh-huh um and a grilled watermelon and coconut rum and grilled pineapple and spice rum and a coffee flavor for those that uh like their caffeine but uh you know if you put coffee and chili it gives it depth so i thought this would be a good sauce for that um aside from that i've actually been in talks as well with a brewery in calgary alberta canada about launching my own line of beer as well so there's that it's awesome buddy truthfully that's that's that that's i i'm 
I glad I'm glad that you've got your fingers in multiple holes. I mean, multiple pot. I mean, you know, whatever Chad says. Mm. But I mean, you've got to get your brand out there. You got to keep building your brand. You got to you got to turn into the MMA Jimmy Buffett. You know, I'm glad you elaborated on that because you almost got me divorced before I even got married. Uh, with, with that that terminology. I heard the laugh in the background. Listen, right. listen, <laughs> listen, ma'am, listen, ma'am, listen, ma'am. It's just my holes. He's good. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be being quiet. Stop no, me. you don't have to be quiet. Oh, my goodness. If I knew she was there the whole time, I would have brought her ass into here. I would much rather talk to someone pretty than you. She wants to come say hi. Oh, hey. I definitely. Is she a chubby chaser like you? Clearly not, because you've lost all that weight to be in those movies to be so purdy. Come say hi. I dropped some muscle. I dropped some muscle, uh, but I'm I'm heading back to the gym. Uh, hi. Hey. <laughs> now that you can see us, um, this is my penis. How are you doing? Hey, hi. It's a full-size condom. I, I honestly did not mean to laugh. I, I've been trying so hard to be quiet. I had the microwave on at one point and I felt really bad. But I saw, I, I saw you. Well, that, that explains why I started twitching mid interview. But that's <laughs> you were in the refrigerator earlier. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you tell this son of a bitch that we need to come up and visit. Please. I Anytime, brother. I would love to meet some of you people in person. What do you, you mean, mean by you people? You people. Important people. We're not important. We're losers from Kentucky. You're good. We're no one. We just happen to meet interesting people. And ask Your fried chicken says differently, sir. That's true. <laughs> hey, none of that X-rated stuff on here, lady. You know, nice meeting I'm, you. I'm joking. Come back and give us more. Nice Nice Herbert, <laughs> I know on air. Herbert. Mom, not in front of the guys. <laughs> all right, so we've got all this stuff coming out. It's not going to be another three years when we get the documentary done. We're going to have you back on the show if you don't mind, dude. Anytime, say when. Let's, like, let's just have get you one, back one on. Yeah, no, let's have you back on when the documentary is done, and let's do something together. Eventually, we just need to figure out whatever it is. Bro, if there's ever a time where you just can't sleep and you need someone to fucking bore you to fucking sleep, hit me up and I'll come on and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll fix you right up. Just you're a lot of in. things, but you're not boring. I appreciate the hell out of you, man. This was an absolute honor and pleasure and a blast. And I would do this for like three hours straight if you'd let me. So it's probably uh, good we, that you're... Hey, yeah, I would do it for three hours straight if I didn't need to go to work tomorrow. Also, I need to pee too. I've been drinking water the whole time. Yeah, I know that struggle. I don't want to be the Howard Bloom of your career. So no, no, you're much better. But I'm going to end this, and then we'll we'll hold on for one second, okay? All right, brother. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, dude, thank you guys, man. Grrrr. <laughs>